I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 10 uh, through to 20. Let's check this out. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. To me, the verse that kind of lays the groundwork for where Paul is going here as he talks about the armor of God is that, is that first one, verse 10 that we read, which says, finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. And uh, it sets the tone for where we're going. And as I, just, as I think about our weekend, love incorruptible and all that Christ has to offer, we are weak, aren't we? We sense our weakness. More and more, the closer you draw to Christ, the, the greater you sense your weakness. But what we read here about the Lord is, is that his arm is not short. That there is no uh, weakness in him. That, that he is strong. And that in him, as we go to him, there is strength. And so Paul says, let's put on the armor of God. Let's put on all that uh, God has for us. And to me, this is an invitation to put on the abundant life in Christ, to put on Christ Jesus, to fix our eyes on him who is the author and finisher of our faith, faith and uh, to take refuge in Christ and find strength in him. And so we're encouraged to put on the whole armor of God. And what I just want us to see as we go through it this morning as a devotional is to see that as we put on the armor, who are we putting on? We're putting on Christ. And so Paul says this, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said about, as he, as he prayed for his disciples, he prayed to the Father, he said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said to those who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. As I think of the belt of truth, the first thing that I think of is this, is that truth sets you free. Truth sets you free. That's why we start with the belt of truth because we want to have freedom in Christ. And that belt holds all things together. It's not a belt of bondage, it's a belt of freedom. We wrap ourselves in the truth and we fasten it. We close the loop, we buckle up, and we secure truth in its place. You know your belt, it's no good unless you fasten it. And to me that's the interesting thought about truth is that truth doesn't move. 
Truth is not relative. You know, we don't consider truth in relation or in proportion to something else. It is not, you know, I have my truth and you have your truth. Truth is found in a person. Truth is found in Jesus Christ. Truth is a person. His name is truth, Jesus. You remember when uh, Jesus was before Pilate, Pilate said, what is truth? And Jesus said, you can't handle the truth. No, that's not what he said. He said, I'm a king and I came to testify to the truth and everyone on the side of truth listens to me. You know, way back in uh, the day when Lisa and I were getting married, the summer that we were getting married, I worked for this mover and uh, moving company. He went to our church and he was an ox of a man. He was just a big dude. His shoulders were curled over like this and he had spent all his life working as a mover. And uh, one of his specialties was this, is that he was like the couch lifter in downtown Vancouver. And he was called when, you know, you needed to get your couch up to the 15th floor of some high rise and it wouldn't fit in the elevator. And so, you know, I got dragged along on a few of these jobs where we'd, we'd head up the elevator. He'd go out onto the deck and he'd take the handles like this and he'd shake the handles. Go, no, it's good and secure. And then he'd toss the ropes over the side. We'd lash onto this couch and reef it up the outside of a building. It was totally ridiculous. I don't know what would ever happened if he grabbed the handrail and it was loose and off he went off the side of the building or something. But uh, one of the things that we used to do when we worked together, yeah, by the way, I always said, you know what, why don't I stand back and make sure the ropes are clear of everyone's feet and you go to the edge. It was fun. But one of the things we used to do is when we would move a piano was that he would hand us a belt, this moving belt that was like a, some sort of spandex material and you'd pull it around yourself and Velcro it up. And it was crazy because the second you put that belt around you, it was like instantly you felt like 30% stronger or something. You put the belt around you and there was support for your muscles and there was support for your back and after you worked and did your job and you took it off you think man my back feels so loose and and weak and the belt of truth is about Jesus strengthening your core you know the athlete concerned with core strength but the belt of truth strengthens your core I think about it the belt of truth gives you a backbone for Jesus and with the belt of truth in place you can carry more weight you can, uh, you know, experience more of the, the reality of what it is to be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. And I'm reminded of Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, which says this, that, that Jesus is called faithful and true. Did you know his name is true? That's, his, that's one of his titles given to the Lord Jesus, true. And so to put on the belt of truth is to put Jesus Christ in his place in our lives. The breastplate of righteousness it says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I think about the breastplate. The breastplate's not something in my mind that's a one-size-fits-all sort of thing. A breastplate was formed and it was fitted and it was molded specifically for the individual who would wear it. And the breastplate protected all those internal organs, especially the heart. That's what I think of, the heart. John, 1 John 2 verse 1, Jesus is called by this name. Jesus Christ the righteous, the title given to him. Isaiah 59 verse 17 says this, that, that, that the righteousness of Jesus upholds him. In fact, it says in Isaiah 59 that he put on a breastplate of righteousness and a helmet of salvation. 
Now, if the breastplate, you know, was my righteousness, if it was our own individual righteousness, there would be flaws in the armor. But the righteousness that we put on is not our own righteousness. It's the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no flaw in it. It's perfection. Jeremiah said that Jesus is the righteous branch. He said that we will call him the Lord our righteousness. It's a title of Jesus, Jehovah Sidkana, the Lord our righteousness. And so without the protection of Jesus' righteousness over this heart, over your heart, we're dead, right? I mean, that's, that's the reality for us. My heart is, if my heart's exposed, all the unrighteousness in my heart without the covering that Jesus Christ provides, I, I'm dead and I'm ill-equipped for battle. And so we put on the righteousness of Jesus. Putting on the breastplate is to do this. It's to put on Christ. It's to put on Jesus. I think of the shoes. Shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace. I, I'm a shoe guy. I just am. I like my shoes. And uh, my kids harass me because they say, you have more shoes than mom. Well, you get, I mean, what can I see? I mean, you need your, your running shoes and your indoor shoes and your work shoes and your long cutting shoes and your gum boots and you need your casual dress and your casual dress and your casual dress and, you know, amen. you need, amen, that's right. <laughs> you know, there's nothing I can do about it. It's like a genetic flaw in my life because I'm my mother's child, so. I don't want to be sacrilegious or anything, but I read this, I think, Jesus is a shoe guy. He supplies the appropriate footwear for the appropriate situation. Work safe, certified for the battlefield. Shoes feet with fit with readiness for the gospel of peace. See, under our feet, we bind readiness that's given by the gospel of peace. I love that Paul calls it the gospel of peace. The good news that we have peace through Jesus Christ with our creator. And that enables us to stand and our peace with God becomes for us a point of separation from this world. It, it's between us and our feet touching this world. That we stand in the midst of the world, the gospel of peace separates us. We're in it, but we're not of it. And the gospel is firm footing for those who stand on it, isn't it? When we put on the shoes for our feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel, no longer are we standing unsecured. No longer do we need to guess where to put our foot. For those who stand on the gospel of peace, the ground is secure. The Lord directs our steps. And necessary for peace with God is the putting on of Christ. The message of peace with God is good news. He is our peace. You know, in almost every book of the New Testament, you can find the name Jesus associated with peace. He, when he had risen from the dead, I, I think it's every time or almost every time that he met his disciples and he gathered with them, the first thing he said is, peace be with you. John 14, 27, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. You know what Isaiah called Jesus? The prince of peace. And I love the picture that the, that the gospel binds even the dirtiest parts of our life. Our feet, the, the filthy part of us that where sin has corrupted us most. The gospel touches that part of our lives. And it becomes a place where God brings his peace. 
And so as we bind our feet with these shoes, what, what are we binding ourselves in? The gospel, we're binding ourselves in Christ. The shield of faith. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith from which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. You know, the first thing that strikes me about the shield of faith is when we're to use it. It says in all circumstances. This is something you pack everywhere because you never know when the attack of the evil one will come. And so we need the shield of faith in all circumstances because Satan's got his fiery darts of doubt, discouragement, disappointment, depression, disillusionment. He fires his darts. And the shield of faith is an extinguisher. The shield of faith is out in front of all the pieces of armor except for the sword. The word of God's the first line of defense and then it's faith. And we're called to that life of faith, faith making a decision to face everything that life throws at us with an attitude of assurance of things hoped for and a conviction of that which is not yet seen. I trust your promise, Jesus. I trust your intentions towards me in the midst of this circumstance. And faith extinguishes the darts of the devil. Jesus is called, Revelation 19.11, faithful. It's one of his names. Faithful and true. Faithful. When you think of old faithful, what comes to your mind? A geyser, right? What should come to your mind is Jesus. He is faithful. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. The helmet of salvation. So to take up the shield of faith is to put on Christ. The helmet of salvation. Take up the helmet of salvation. I love that picture. Salvation is a helmet. Salvation is the protector of my head. Salvation is the guardian of my mind. Salvation is the custodian of my thoughts. Salvation protects my mind from the lies of the evil one. I love when you consider the armor that the whole, when you consider the armor in its entirety that, that we're protected from the top of our head to the sole of our foot. The gospel of peace has my feet and the helmet of salvation has my mind. I love a good sandwich. Anybody else? I'm a sandwich guy. Two good quality pieces of bread and tucked in the middle of all that, all the good stuff. Meat, cheese, pickles, sprouts, onions, tomatoes, you just name it. Like when I go to Subway, I'm the guy who the, the, the workers don't like. Put everything in there. And I want extra olives. And so they're like, oh, I hate these guys. They cut open the bread and they start stuffing everything in there and they're, they're thinking, how am I going to fold everything into between these two pieces of bread? They're cursing you. And when they manage to do it, what do they think? Man, I'm a sandwich hero. A sandwich artist. But if you, what's a, what's a good sandwich if you take away the bread? The, the bread is the base that makes the sandwich great. And you know what we're sandwiched with is the gospel of Jesus Christ. From the top of our head to the sole of our foot. Christ has sandwiched us. And in my mind, the helmet of salvation covers the command center of my life in a sense. It's to be ruled and to be protected by thoughts of salvation. And what is the name that was given to our Savior? Yeshua, Jesus, the Lord is salvation. His name is salvation and to put on the helmet of salvation is to put on Christ. Then there's the sword of the Spirit. 
The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. John 1.1, 1, 1, you're familiar with it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. You know, we say all the time here at our church that, that we love the written Word because it leads us to the living Word. And a sword is just a perfect picture for the Word of God, isn't it? Because it's, it's sharp and it cuts. It says in Hebrews that for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word is a discerner of the heart. My heart, your heart. It's a discerner of the heart and it comes in and divides flesh and spirit. Trimming off the flesh and bringing forth the work of the Holy Spirit and not returning void but accomplishing that for which it was sent. And we take hold of the word of God. We take hold of the sword of the spirit with our hand. Just like Jesus said, if you, if you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so we have to learn to strengthen our grip on the word of God. I... I it reminds me of an Old Testament story, one that maybe you know of, of, of Eleazar, one of David's mighty men. He rose and he struck down the Philistines, the scripture said, and he, he struck them down until his hand grew weary, yet he clung to the sword. He would not let, let it go, and God brought the victory. He, he was weary, but he did not loosen his grip on his sword. It, it almost seems as you read that story that it's like, God welded his hand in a sense to that sword. He, he would not let it go in the midst of the battle. The sword of the spirit. The sword's pretty up close and personal, you know. I, I think of the darts of the devil. What is he? He fires from a distance. But God's put in our hands a, a sword of the spirit that's to get up close and personal and look the enemy in the eyes and take that sword and cut off the work of the flesh and say, you'll go no further. And Jesus is the word of God. And so to, so to take up the sword of the spirit is really to put on Christ. To put on Christ. And so as I, as I think about this passage, I, I just think the belt of truth for freedom, for strength, the breastplate of righteousness for protection, for, for perfection, shoes fit with readiness for the gospel of peace to, to make me ready and to separate me from this world and, and to give us a message to proclaim and a shield of faith for pleasing God and extinguishing the, the devil. And a helmet of salvation for a Christ-centered command center. And the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, to bring forth the work of the Spirit in our lives. And, and it's all a picture of Jesus, isn't it? His name is Truth, Jesus. He is the Lord, our righteousness. He is the Prince of Peace. His name is Faithful. Jesus, the Lord is Salvation. Jesus, the Word of God. And so we just, we put on Christ. It's part of our devotionals. Uh, part of our time each day with Jesus is just to put on Jesus and the armor that he has. And I just want to encourage you, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that just all weekend we just get to focus on you, Jesus, and your love for us, your heart for us. And we just want to draw near to you, Lord. We want to put on Christ. 
And I thank you, Lord, that you've, you've not left us ill-equipped for serving you in this world, but you've given us everything we need for life and godliness. And so, Jesus, just this morning as we start our day, we, we put you on. Your truth. You are our righteousness. You are our peace, Jesus. You are the faithful one. You are salvation, Jesus. You are the living word of God. Rule in our hearts and in our lives, we pray. In the name of Jesus. God, we ask your blessing upon breakfast this morning, upon all our day. In your name, Lord. Amen. Amen.